What's up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is Good Morning Liberty, live at Freedom Fest Memphis. I'm Nate, Charlie, and we are here with Dan Fishman. I, I, this is interview number four or five, four or five yeah, like that. How you doing today? Uh, first of all, I'm just thrilled to be back on with you guys, Nate, Charlie. You guys put out a good product, and it's it really is the best to, show out there. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's an outstanding show, and you know, when I heard that you guys are going to Free Talk Live, I'm like exciting. The fact that this show is going to 150 stations syndicated across the country, really good. Uh, and thank you for having me here with my new gig. You guys know mm-hmm. I've moved on. I'm into an organization all call, now called Let Live. We focus on three things: consent culture. Tolerance and change. Here's how we talk about those issues. Consent culture, people understand it, but they tend to think of it in the context of like the Me Too movement or personal relationships. Nobody should touch you without your permission. And that's great. That's what consent is. But consent is also critical in our most important documents. Thomas Jefferson's mighty words, governments are instituted among men and derived their just powers from the consent of the governed. So what I want to do is to get people to think about consent culture and consent in the idea of my personal relationships. Nobody should touch me. And, you know, college campuses are hot with that mm-hmm, consent mm-hmm. training and all that stuff. And I want to get all those people who may be true, maybe not, but are unfairly characterized as liberal thinkers. And I get them to say, yes, I'm all about consent culture. I agree with you. I agree with that's what consent culture is. Who are the only people who should be able to touch you without your consent? Nobody should be able to touch you without <laughs> your consent. Now, what about government? And nice. that gets them thinking. And now we yeah. start having a conversation in an important place. And it has to be a culture. That's the thing about it is that if I talk about consent in my body or somebody talking about it in their body, that's one thing. But if we can get a culture going where everybody's like, we're going to respect consent culture across the board, then when laws come up that violate people's consent, they're going to say, whoa, whoa, whoa hang on a second. That's mm-hmm. not consistent with what we want to do. And I start talking to people. And this is where it really resonates. I say, Here's the thing. When the government undermines consent culture, that allows people to disregard the idea of consent in personal relationships. They think, you know what? The government does this. The government doesn't ask me about that. I can do this thing because I think it's important. Like that. Do you think Are there any specific issues you're focusing on within that consent? Like uh, police brutality or well, anything, any specific issues? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple ones that are really simple, really easy, right? Probably the worst possible violation of your consent, of your liberty, that is still legal in the United States, is conscription. Mm. The draft's available, right? Charlie, you just had a kid, right? Yeah. Okay? You know, in 18 years... Well, he's sick. He's six. He's six, okay. (laughs) Uh, In 12 years... 12 years. (laughs) He's going to have to sign up for the selective service. Yeah. Um, You know, that's ridiculous, right? It doesn't matter where you are in that situation, and... What came out, we did a panel here at Freedom Fest. We were talking about it. According to the Selective Service, only 23% of the American population is actually fit for active duty. Most Americans are too fat, too physically enabled. <laughs> and because I, I believe, and, I, and somebody said this has changed, but I believe only men are eligible for Selective Service, not mm-hmm. women. So really, you're only talking about 12% of the population. That is such a ridiculous burden that you're going to violate somebody's consent and make them join the army and go kill people. So that's a really simple thing that I think Republicans and Democrats would generally agree upon. We say, you know what? We can focus on that thing that nobody should be able to force you to work without your consent. Do you think this is all cooler than saying that we adhere to the non-aggression principle? Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, the non-aggression principle is great, but for most people, they don't understand what it means because Mm -hmm. they're like, well, I'm not very aggressive. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like being against violence, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Well, and that's exactly it. And but the problem is, is that when you start talking about non-aggression principle, I think is a little too abstract, except for the people who've had the time to put the deep thinking into it. Most people don't want to do deep thinking about their lifestyles. They just want to live. Uh, one of the greatest quotes about it, I heard Gary Johnson say, he's like, you know, America is the freest country in the world, but Americans don't want to be the freest. They want to be free. I'm like, <laughs> man, you beat that drum on both sides. People understand it immediately because your definition of freest could be, well, I'm actually incredibly oppressed, but everybody else has it worse. Yeah. But if you're just free, that means that you're defining what your limits are. And that's what consent culture is about, is the idea that you get to define your limits and nobody else gets to tell you or force you or take from you anything unless you consent to that limits. Now, obviously, it means you can't violate anybody else's consent either. But that's the other thing about it, is that consent understands this mutual idea that we all have to be respectful of each other. And so I think it's a better way to convey the simple idea in a cultural level. And I think that's where we want to be, too. And, you know, we talk about the fact that, you know, if you're a parent, okay, and you're out at the playground and you see another kid's consent being violated, right? You see him being touched by somebody who's not supposed to touch you're not going to wait. You're not going to say, well, let me just tell you a bit. You're going to intervene right away mm. because you would want that to happen if your kid were in a situation like that. And so that idea of karma and consent, and I know we don't necessarily tie Hindu things into... Uh, <laughs> not, uh, not every day, no. <laughs> exactly. But that idea of karma and consent is really important, and that's why it's a culture. And if we have a cultural change, that we say, you know what? We want to have everybody all the time ask each other for consent. Now... The one thing about it, and this obviously comes up, you know, sometimes consent is a salacious thing. You say, you know, here I am getting hot and heavy. Do I have to take the time to ask somebody, mm-hmm. can I kiss you? Yeah. Bring a form with you around. Exactly. Have someone sign. So Planned Parenthood has this thing called fries, right? Those are the five letters. It makes it easy to understand what real consent is. And it's easy for me to remember because I love fries, right? <laughs> fries is freely given revocable, immediate, uh, explicit. I don't remember what the S stands for, so it's not a good thing. But freely given is an important part of it, okay? But also informed, right? You have to know what you're actually consenting to and then revocable. Mm -hmm. The idea that you can say, you know what? I I thought that this was okay, but I want to be able to stop it. And so people understand those things. If you get into a situation where you're not 100% sure then you should be asking about consent. And that's not a reasonable thing. But there are a lot of times that there are ways to ask that aren't necessarily you have to physically say. I mean, I think I can speak for all men when I can say there are points in time where I thought, you know what, I'm going to kiss this girl. And I leaned in. I didn't have to ask. And she backed away. And I'm like, that means don't kiss her. I never had the experience myself. You know, I don't know what that's like. (laughs) (laughs) Speak for yourself there. (laughs) Okay, well, fair enough. there are different ways to ask for consent, but there are ways to do it within you know, the realm of what we're doing. And it's actually two things that I learned as a child. One, unless a woman is crowning in front of you, don't ask her if she's pregnant. <laughs> Number two, if you're not sure that you actually have consent, you have to find a way to ask. And it doesn't necessarily have to be words. Can I kiss you? Mm-hmm. But it should be something that somebody is not going to feel threatened by. Something like that. And I think... 98% of the people on the planet understand that. 
Yeah. But for the 2% of the people who don't understand, it's important that we what say about, it's a What about after culture. you get married, though? Is that like a signed, like, forever? Like, no. you click the terms and conditions uh, on the box, you know, everything's good. And <laughs> Fries, baby. Like, Number implied R, forever. Revocable. Okay. Okay? Yeah. okay. You can revoke your consent at any point in time. And the another thing about it that's important, we had one of the people on the panel was a lawyer. And there's all sorts of legal definitions of what consent is, too. Consent is actually the basis of contract law. You make a contract and everybody signs it, and that's what your consent is. However, in contract law, a contract isn't binding if there are parts of it you don't know about, mm -hmm. right? So you have to be informed specifically about what's in the contract. You have to be given the opportunity to actually review it. And there have actually been cases like this. If you've ever had a piece of software that says, read all this shit before you use our software, and that means you agree to everything, most of those things say that if you have two children, Microsoft gets one. <laughs> but we didn't actually consent to that. So an informed part of consent is really, it's part of that culture as well. And so here's the thing. Does the government inform us about all the stuff that we're actually consenting to? Because the government actually has laws about consent. And if you read them, it says that you have to be informed. But then they do all this stuff. And, you know, I'll give you another example, right? It is illegal for me to print my own currency and use it. Okay? Mm -hmm. Why? I never consented to saying the government gets to be in charge of who determines what currency we use back and forth with each other. Or, you know, a whole bunch of other things that we can talk about. On your driver's license, right? You actually, I don't know what Tennessee is like, but I'm going to guess it's the same as most of the other states. And when you get a driver's license, you actually sign a consent form to uh, a blood test if you refuse a breath test. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I actually, is that true, Charlie? I asked for a blood test and the officer refused that and wanted me to do a breathalyzer. So did you not do it? I didn't do it. Good. No. I said, I said, I told him that the breathalyzers can be up to like 0.2 off if they're not calibrated correctly. And I would, I would consent to a blood test. And he said, no. Interesting. I still got charged with a DUI. And did you win your case? Yes. Good. Yeah. Yeah, well, I pled to a lesser charge. <clears throat> Fair but, enough. But I didn't get a DUI. Yeah. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. But it is one of those things. That it's and worse. I wasn't drunk. I would have passed a blood test. Yeah. No, I, I was with him that night. I promise you, <laughs> I don't remember a single thing. Fair. Yeah. But, you know, there's a great case of that right now where... Uh, but I did. I, lo I lost my license for a year. Holy I had to get a restricted driver's license. What do they call that in Tennessee when you yeah, refuse the breath Implied consent. Implied consent. Yeah. Called yeah. him. Yeah. So, so and it's a perfect example of that sort of stuff. And there's, you know, a lot of great cases of that. Which sounds... Kind of like an oxymoron, implied consent. Well, and exactly. As opposed to how can, affirmative how consent. How can consent be implied? It can't be. It has right, to be affirmative. Right. It has yeah. to be informative and informed. And here's the thing, right? We're talking about this all at sort of levels of our personal lives that everybody understands. If we really get everybody to buy into that, it's going to work. We're going to get people to say, you know what? Government is bullshit when they violate our consent. And it has to be a reflexive thing because what has been happening and where has the liberty movement failed in that they pass a new law and most people are like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. If it violates consent, it violates consent. And the best thing about it for me is that for a long time there have been people talking about, we debate how real it is because, I, I mean, you believe something other, but rape culture, right? Mm -hmm. This idea that you see people getting assaulted on television and media and stuff like that. The opposite of that is consent culture. The idea that we're saying, we're gonna protect people, nobody should violate you without your permission, touch you, take anything from you. And hopefully for me, pushing that issue changes the liberty movement. All right, 
One of the reasons you love coming on this show because <laughs> because you love hard questions. I do. Oh, oh I got several. And so look. You, oh, I'm hoping it's calculus. I no, <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to bring it up, but uh, you brought up Planned Parenthood, so yeah. I have to ask. I'm a paid member. When it comes to abortion, yeah, where does the consent fall? How how do you? In my view, when you have competing rights, right? Yep. To me, it's the right to life versus property rights. Mm -hmm. How, like, and I believe that the mother again can revoke her consent to be pregnant, um, but also that the the child uh, has a right to be asked whether yep. or not it wants to be killed. So, how do you how do you reconcile that when it comes to consent? I can reconcile it really easily, and I think my answer will make you both happy, even though you may or may not agree on the issue. There is not consensus as to when life begins. But I think most people, pro-choice and pro-life, would say you can't kill a living being. So now the question becomes, when is what's growing as a fetus, when does it become alive? We don't agree upon that. And if we can't agree upon it, and there is no proof, and I don't think you're ever going to get to a proof stage that's going to satisfy a lot of people, I think most people, most people would agree third trimester is ridiculous, right? We're never mm -hmm. going to do that. Even, the, even in Roe versus Wade, they said not third yeah. trimester. Yeah. But when we don't have consensus, we can't inflict our opinions on other people. And so I don't know anybody who is truly pro-abortion, right? Most people would say, like, I mean, my, brother is, my brother and his wife are very... You're thinking of some people that you would apply oh, I'm to. thinking of this uh, video he showed me yesterday, the day before on TikTok or something about the uh, the uterus one. Remember? I don't remember. Become the first man with a... Oh, that's right. <laughs> there was a TikTok video and listen, you oh, get the craziest stuff rises sure. to the top. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. But the person said they wanted to be the first man with a... Well, they wanted to be the first trans woman. Yeah. With a transplanted uterus. Yeah. So they could get pregnant and have the first trans woman abortion. So they're already thinking of the abortion. <laughs> that, that's, that's crazy shit. There's a new <laughs> independent journalist, and I wish I could plug her. First name is Chloe. I'll tell you later mm -hmm. on. You mentioned on the show. But she's sort of a science tech reporter. And she talked about the fact that where is what is the artificial womb going to be and when does it come online because we're doing all sorts of amazing stuff about it she said most people think you know the artificial womb is going to be invented but actually what's going to happen is going to be a series of technology like right now an infant born at 26 weeks has a pretty good chance of living because we got really good at that end of care mm -hmm. stuff and you think about in vitro fertilization right that happens outside of the womb and then it puts back in so there's a lot of stuff out there and we are closing in on the point that we'll be able to do it without a woman have to carry a child. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. That's all sorts of complications and ethical questions for us. And one of the ethical questions is, if you say you don't even have to carry this child, so you don't have to worry about aborting it, we will take it from you right now and put it in an artificial womb and be responsible for it and bring it to life ourselves because that's where our belief status is. It's an interesting question. Mm -hmm. Are there women who would choose to do that? You would say, you know what, I, I can't carry this, I can't be responsible for it, but I will give you this fertilized thing that is growing inside me that, in my opinion, will be a human one day. I don't know. Those are really tough ethical questions. But how do we resolve really tough ethical questions? Send it to the states. Well, <laughs> Which is what I think. I think the Supreme Court did the right thing. I do. I, well, so I don't disagree that the Supreme the Court... The debate has to be among the people. Yeah. Well, 
it's an interesting thing about it because what is the sole legitimate purpose of the federal government? In my opinion, it is to defend your individual rights against the states, right? I would guess that you guys would probably say Brown versus the Board of Education probably judge ruled correctly, right? If you're going to have public schools, you can't say black kids don't get to go to them. Yeah. Or, right, what's the most famous uh, Supreme Court well, case involving Tennessee? Carr, uh, uh, Baker versus Carr. Um, so, well, you won't remember it. Earl Warren was Supreme Court justice. Uh, he ruled over Brown. He ruled over Miranda. A bunch of really important cases. But when he retired, they're like, what's the most important case you ruled on? He said, Baker versus Carr. Prior to 1960, Tennessee was split up with Nashville being one district and all the rest of the states having all the rest of the electoral and congressional votes. Okay, okay. It went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court's like, look, you can't do that, okay? Uh, you picked the one big city where all the black people live and said, okay, you guys get one representative and the rest of Tennessee gets 10. Yeah, yeah. So they've split that, but it is that part about it of, you know, having a consent among the people. The federal government's job is to say, even in the states, we don't want to let the state government oppress the rights of the people. Well, you wouldn't, if a, if a state got together and voted to enact slavery, I would expect the federal government to come in and say that they couldn't do that. Exactly that's right. right. Yeah. Right. And well, and that's what happened in Brown versus Board of Education, right? Yeah. Eisenhower nationalizes, federalizes the National Guard, whatever the word is. But, you know, he said, look, the United States government will use force against the states mm-hmm. to protect the rights of the citizens. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's exactly what I would expect. But, you know, those are the extreme things we talk about all the time, right? Uh, Republicans say, you know what? If we allow the federal government to do this stuff, to change marriage laws, people are going to start marrying their pets. Yeah. And Democrats are like, oh, if we let the Republican court do everything, you know, then the next thing you know, uh, they're going to outlaw... Uh, Divorce. Exactly, exactly. Well, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, there's, there's, yeah. there's yeah. That, some crazy shit I know, talk about I know. that. Um, and there are well, people trying to marry their pets. I mean, yeah. And there I are mean, people that don't think you should be able to get a divorce. There's fringes on all, yeah, on yeah. all sides. Yeah. I feel like I have to see your pet before I can decide if that's okay. <laughs> Let's just go full on no yeah. on that. Well, actually, uh, well, you know, the, the pet can't sign the contract in the first place. The so pet can't sign a contract, but you know, there's an interesting thing. Yeah. There are a lot of wealthy people. Uh, Leona Helmsley is a great example. And when Leona Helmsley died, she left $1.2 million dollars in a trust fund to take care of her remaining dogs. Wow. And so they like they had a luxury apartment they lived in and they had a person whose job it was to take care of them, stuff like that. I bet a lot of people were upset about that. People were furious about <laughs> yeah. it. They're like, let's yeah. take that money and kill the dogs. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> feed the poor. Yeah. Feed the dogs to the poor. Like, uh, like, in, the, the like in the Patriot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah eat, that's what I was going to say. Eat the dogs, save the paper. <laughs> exactly. Okay, what else are you... Sorry to, to get us off of the... Look how far we came from the beginning of this episode, by the way, and now we're talking about eating dogs. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, we're not even talking about communism. What else you got so, going? on? I see a lot of programming stuff you've been posting on Facebook. Uh, Are well, you working so on anything in I AI? Am, I have, I have. Well, so I am using AI a lot now, and I will tell everybody here. I'm saying it right to the camera. If you're not using AI, you need to check it out because you'd be surprised at how good it is at fixing, at doing things for you, generating content asking it questions it's really good at stuff like that so try it i'd one of the most amazing things you can do is say to ai uh somebody said you know dear ai i want an exciting new recipe for macaroni and cheese i'm like i'm interested in this how does macaroni (laughs) and cheese get better and came up with an idea of macaroni and cheese and include fig jelly which i never heard of but people say like 
holy shit, this is the wow. best macaroni and cheese I've ever had. Mm, and I'm okay. like, man, science has made my life better. Are we going to have an AI chef restaurant chain come up, you think? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, so right, they already have the automated McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. Right? So now, if you think about one of the things that AI could do, that AI would be really good at, and chefs are good at this. Like, have you guys ever been in the restaurant business at all? Yes. Yes. Okay. So one of the most important things about margins, the margins are tight in a restaurant business, yes. is being able to buy what you can cheaply and turn out specials that people will pay a lot of money for that. AI is going to be awesome at that because it's going to say, okay, here's all the stuff that's available. Here's what the prices are. Here's what I can make. Here's what it'll sell at. And it helps you out with that bottom line of numbers. Uh, Anthony Bourdain wrote about this in his book, that it was always important to him to have a chef who, when he was making the purchases, and he always sent a chef out to make his purchases, said, this is what it is. This is how long it's going to last. This is how many days we're going to get out of it. AI is awesome at that and say, okay, here are all the things. Here are the things that we can make with it. Stuff like that. Planning menus, things like that. I think it's good. I know. So what are you I doing with it of- other than macaroni? Well, so what <laughs> I'm using it for, uh, two things. First of all, uh, it's really great at helping me out in coding, okay? People say that AI is gonna take job away from coders. No, what it does is it makes me a lot more efficient and a lot faster. So there are problems that I can solve and it takes me like eight minutes to solve. But I have to put this problem aside, load this one up into my head, think about it for eight minutes, and then I've solved it. I can ask AI what that program, a complicated problem, and it will solve it like that. Hmm. And that's phenomenal. So. People who know what regular expressions are, AI is great at regular expressions. People who know what automated testing is, AI is amazing at writing automated tests. Stuff like that makes a big difference for. The other thing that's really good for is you can ask it for examples of something. So I just participated in a coding contest, and I'll talk about one of the other things that I'm doing. Not a coding contest, sort of a, a shark tank for Liberty products uh, here at Freedom Fest. And one of the questions that I got beforehand is, how subversive is your product? Because we only want to support subversive products. And I asked AI, I'm like, give me examples of people who are subversives but worked within the system. And he comes out, he's like, well, first of all, the women's suffrage movement. They worked inside the system, but the idea of women voting was incredibly subversive and they Mm. changed the world. And it gave me five other examples of people being subversive but working within the system. It's understanding of stuff like that is amazing. We have an article on Let.Live where we talk about tolerance, one of our big issues, where we talk about the fact that open carry and drag are actually exactly the same issue. And so I said to AI, write me an article talking about tolerance, how open carry and drag are the same issue. Boom, it nailed it. It said, here's the thing, it's about visibility. When open carry people, open carry, They're doing it a little bit for protection, but the largest part of it is that it's visibility and people see somebody wearing a gun and realize, you know what? I didn't die. I'm not threatened just because somebody's carrying a handgun or somebody has a rifle over their back. (coughs) Drag is the same thing. When somebody walks down the street in drag, they are not threatening you. You see them, you might not be comfortable with it, but it actually happened every day. By the end of the day, you think about how people have been desensitized to drag by RuPaul's Drag Race, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody thinks twice about that anymore. Now, here's the thing. Are there people with guns who have done bad things? Absolutely. Are there people in drag who have done bad things? Absolutely. That doesn't mean that the the general movement is saying, fucking, sorry, got you in trouble with the It FCC, just can't go right? on the radio. All right, no, no, we'll, we'll cut we'll that find, out. All right. We'll find that and take it out. But uh, <laughs> chat GPT is awesome at stuff like that. You give it a sentence and say, here's the thought that I want to write about. 
it can really write some great. See, I haven't copy. had any luck with that yet. I've I've asked it to write. Uh, I can't get anything that sounds remotely close to an opinion. Yeah. On something, not that I've ever tried to so, pass off an AI. So learning opinion, how to use but, AI is a lot about what they call prompting. Yeah. Okay. So many times, you know, again, you've had the experience. Maybe I'm good at it because I used to be a school teacher. But there are a lot of times that I would try to prompt kids to get to the answer that yeah. was right. And so a lot of times, I tell you, I did a great one where I said, rewrite the Gettysburg Address in the voice of Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> I was like, hey, guys, it's been like 87 years since the Founding Fathers landed here. What's that all about? Exactly, what's that all about? What's the deal with Pickett? <laughs> yeah. He's charging everywhere. <laughs> yeah. that, that sort of thing. And so try to ask it to write things in certain voices, try to make certain points. A lot of times I'll say, make sure you use this phrase in the sentence. Uh, and, and you can even say, like, I don't like the second paragraph. Rewrite yep. that in this type of tone. Mm. Right. It, AI is one of those things. It's like uh, somebody, people used to make an analogy that, you know, computers use binary, right? So one, zero, one, zero. And the problem is that they only have a finger up mm -hmm. and down. But computers have a million fingers. Yeah. Okay, AI is like that. You can only do the simple Trillions. things. Yeah. But the more <laughs> that you give it parameters for it to do its thing mm -hmm. in, then the better it gets into producing content. So I have, have more fingers. Right. <laughs> I have two startups launching. Uh, first one, tellgovernment.com. It's what I pitched here. It actually goes live in August. You go to the website, you put in your address. It lists all your elected officials from President, from Joe Biden down to your school board. Next to each one of their names is a button that says, send them a postcard. We give you a six by four postcard. You put on whatever you want, pictures, text, everything you want. On the flip side, you put in, my name is Dan Fishman. I live at this address. I'm your constituent, et cetera. You pay a dollar and that elected officials gets delivered a physical postcard. Hmm. Elected Pretty officials cool. ignore yeah. email, okay? There's so much electrical media, and it doesn't mean anything. They don't know who it really came from. But if something comes with a return address, and they know the address that the credit card that paid for this postcard is in my district, it gets a lot more attention. So, tell government's launching uh, August 1st. Um, I can't talk about the other <laughs> one right now. So we, we, just, we just finished our first round of seed financing but it'll be out of Christmas and I'll come back on the show and talk yeah, about it then. Sounds good. Awesome. All right. I think that now the mailer thing, I was going to say, can you make it like a puffy mailer at all? Can you make something stick out in there? Because people are way more likely to open things where they think they can get a free treat in there, you know? Well, so what's interesting about it is what's great about Tell Government is I said Tell Government, it's actually two companies. There's tellgovernment.com and then there's makealetter.com. Make a letter, you give it a PDF in whatever size of the thing you want it to print and it prints it. Tell Government uses that. But then I say, you know what? Good morning, Liberty. You guys who actually want to be social influencers and you've got a mail list out there. You say, we need everybody in Tennessee. The example I used, you, you guys know Justin Cornett mm -hmm. for all Tennessee. Yeah. I said, you know, Justin, there are probably all sorts of places where you would use this. He's like, oh my God, Dan, I have this thing right now where I want every person on my mailing list to mail their state rep and send them a physical postcard and tell them to vote. I can't remember if it was for or against, so I'm not going to say what the issue was. For <laughs> all Tennessee. Right, for all Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that, that sort of thing. And so it's not just telgovernment.com. It now becomes available to organizations. Amnesty International is writing to, you know, jails saying, you know, your jail is violating human rights because you're not doing this. If you sent a jail, the warden of a jail, a thousand postcards saying, look, you know, 
the beatings have to stop. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Until morale improves. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> All yeah. right, Dan, thank you so much for coming on. Always great having you on. Yeah. Always a pleasure. My favorite podcast to be on. There we go. Great. And thank now you. on Free Talk Live. 